Afterthoughts, Episode 6. Hi, welcome to Afterthoughts. I'm your host, Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. Afterthoughts is the podcast of Bethlehem Church where we talk about things that are relevant to the Sunday sermon. We may answer people's questions. We may provide additional insight and, and information that wasn't able to be included on what was said on a Sunday morning. We may even talk about related ideas and topics. What we want is to provide an additional time of teaching for people who follow Jesus. Now, if you like our content, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified when this comes out every week and uh, to share this around on social media. Here at Bethlehem, our outreach coordinator, Dan Mueller, has been providing our sermons and he's been doing this series on the life of Peter. This past Sunday, he talked about the transformation Peter experienced in his faith as he followed Jesus. And that got me to thinking about a very simple question. What is faith? Now, I know that seems like it's an elementary question. It's, a, it's such a basic question. Like, like, we should all know what faith is. I think the problem is that, is that we have a misunderstanding of, of faith that a lot of times we equate faith with belief. We see this in two ways. People have this, this phrase, blind faith. And what they mean by that is that we accept things that aren't based on evidence. That we will say something is true, even though there's nothing there to support it as a, as a valid option, as a truthful option. We also see this within the church with the emphasis on having correct doctrine. If we are saved by faith and, ba and faith equals belief, then it's crucial, right, that we have correct doctrine, that what we believe is true. And that is why we have so many different arguments about what is correct belief and, and correct doctrine and what isn't. That you have Christians who go after each other on, on their beliefs because it's critical that we believe what is true. Now, I don't want to come off like I'm downplaying truth and belief and doctrine because those are all vitally important. But I do think that there is, becomes an uh, an emphasis there that that makes makes faith tr just solely an intellectual activity that we are trying to figure out what is true and it's not making any difference in our lives at all. I think when the Bible talks about faith, the Bible is talking about something that makes a difference in the way that we live. I like to say that faith equals belief plus trust. That faith equals belief plus action. That 
that when we believe something, that that needs to be demonstrated in the choices that we make, in, in the things that we do, how we treat other people, that a belief that just remains intellectual does us no good. It makes no difference in our lives. So we can have correct doctrine, and this is part of my point. We can have correct doctrine. We can have the right set of beliefs. But if it's not influencing our actions, if it's not influencing our lives, if it's not changing our behavior, then we don't truly have faith. Now, I also want us to avoid the, the trap of thinking faith is just about having the right moral standards. Like if, if we just live by this right ethical code, then we have faith. And I, I don't think that is true at, either, that because we can see a lot of good moral people and they do wonderful things. They do loving things for the people around them. But they're not following Jesus. They're, they're, they, they are not living a life of, of faith. They're not trusting. They're not believing in who Jesus is. So when we talk about faith being belief and action, what we are talking about then is believing that Jesus is the one true king of the universe. And because of that reality, that shapes the way that we live, that influences the things that we do. So let me ask you this question. How would you live if you truly believe Jesus is the one true king of the world, of the universe, of creation, how would that make a difference in your life? What changes would occur? See, that is what living a life of faith is about. It's having that belief about Jesus his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. And then letting that belief influence the things that we do. That's the difference that faith should make in our lives. So how do we get a faith like that? I want to take a look here at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that come from a human from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. So when we talk about 
How do I get a faith like that? Or how do I mature my faith so that I'm, I'm moving beyond just simply believing things about Jesus to, to truly having that belief influence the way I live? So how do we do that? Well, I think the Apostle Paul here in Colossians gives us some insight into what we need to do in order to strengthen our faith, to grow our faith, to mature our faith. And the first is that we need to commit to Jesus. We need to commit to Jesus, right? He, he tells us, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to him. There, there is this commitment that we need to make to Jesus. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I believe that Jesus came and that he died and that, that his death frees me from, from sin and that his life, his resurrection gives me new life. No, there needs to be a commitment that we make to Jesus that no matter what happens, no matter where he may call us to go or asks us to do, that we continue to follow after him, that we don't give up, that we don't ignore him, that we don't turn our back on him, but instead we pursue him, we follow him, we do what he asks. So, so in the most basic sense, we're, we're, we're saying that we are looking for ways to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves that we're trying to follow the, the example of Jesus, of how he interacted with other people and the love and the service that he extended to those in need, the way that he challenged those in, in, in authority and the way that they treated other people, how he stood up for those who were uh, oppressed, who were... Uh, who were in uh, who were in difficult circumstances, and one of the one of the places that this leads and and uh, is that we become so committed to Jesus that even when our very lives are threatened because of our faith, we remain with Him. That regardless of what happens to us, that we continue to be with Jesus. And that is a commitment that we make. No matter what happens, we are remaining committed to Jesus. So if we're going to have a faith, a true biblical faith, there is a commitment that we make to Jesus. But we also need to submit to Jesus. Submit to Jesus. Then in verse 7 here, Paul says, Let your roots grow down into him and draw nourishment from him, so you will grow in, strong, grow in faith, strong and vigorous, in the truth that you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. Let your grow, roots grow down into him. That, that we see that Jesus is our, the very source 
of our life. He's the source of life that we build our lives upon him. And that requires us to look to Jesus as our leader, as the one who is directing us to where we need to go, to the things that we need to be doing. One of the big practices that we need to implement into our lives is the simple prayer of Jesus. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How should I respond? You know, this, this becomes almost one of those, those prayers that we say all the time, especially when we're, we're facing a difficult question or a difficult situation. Jesus, what is it that you want me to do here? That we recognize that Jesus is the one in control, that Jesus is the one that is leading us. And as we do this, as we follow after Jesus, as we, as we do the things that he has asked us to do, we experience Jesus as the source of our life. We experience this new life that he has promised to those who follow him. That, that part of having a growing faith comes from having experiences that we can build our trust on. Like when you first take that little step of faith, it comes from having a very limited belief about who Jesus is. But as we grow, as we remain committed to Jesus, that belief gets bigger and bigger, truer and truer. And as we submit to Jesus, as we align our lives to what he has called us to do, then that belief becomes more real to us because we see it in action in our lives. As we step out in faith, as we align our lives with him, as we submit to him, we see that that belief we had up here begins to move down to our heart because we see it, we experience it as truth. It's no longer just an intellectual exercise. It is the truth that we, tr that we really believe because we've seen it, we've experienced it. So if we're going to have a faith that is growing, that is becoming stronger and stronger, that's maturing, we need to commit to Jesus. We need to submit to Jesus. And then we also need to know the truth. We need to know the truth. Because this is, this is the danger that we, we face. Verse 8, don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. The danger that we, we face is that we live in a world with all these competing voices and perspectives and beliefs. And they're going to try to dis derail us, to get us to go someplace else, 
to try to convince us that what we have experienced, what we believe isn't really true. It's not reality. And what Paul wants us to remember here is that there needs to be a discernment that goes on that is able to, to, to say this is true and this is false. That when we hear false teaching, when somebody comes with at us with, with, a, with, with a new perspective, that we're able to say, ah, no, this is what is true. That's not true. To not to be persuaded by things that are new, by things that are different, even if they sound great. And even if they have a veneer of truth to it, we're able to see past that and make that discernment and say, no, I am going to remain with Jesus. I know that Jesus has the truth for us. As people who follow Jesus, we should never let our faith stagnate. You know, we should never come to this point where, hey, I, ha I have all this, all these beliefs. I believe the right, I believe the right things about Jesus, and so I'm good. Now we need to continue to grow, to mature, and that's why we can't just leave faith as belief, that really for our faith to grow stronger, to mature, we need that action part of it. We need to be doing something. We need to let what we believe to influence the things that we do, the way we treat others. That's crucial. If we don't do that, if we don't move on to that second part of faith, which is action, our, our faith is going to stagnate. We're going we're gonna to be discouraged because we're not going to be seeing any growth. Because what we can believe, what we can know, even from God's word, is so limited. And so if it's not making any difference in our life, then we're going to come to a time when we think, oh, I know it all. And we're going to miss out on the true living dynamic of what faith, what faith can be. So we should do what we can to grow our faith, to mature our faith, to continue to pursue truth because as we increase our knowledge about God if we continue to apply that to our life then our faith gets stronger and stronger hey I want to thank you for joining us today I know that you can spend your time uh, in many different ways so it's great that uh, that you were able to spend a few minutes with us today listening. I hope that this was a blessing to you. And uh, if you're in Austin, Minnesota, or if you're just visiting town and, and uh, stopping by, uh, looking at the wonderful Spam Museum, uh, and if you're around on a Sunday, I invite you to join us 
at Bethlehem Church. And, uh, and uh, until next week, when we can pick up this conversation again, strive to be an authentic Christian, making Jesus real to all people. God bless. 